When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Men in Blue podcast. We are joined today from Darwin to talk about the evolution of Rochdale's season. It is Greg Ingham. Hello, Greg. How you doing, folks? Okay. Yeah, all good. Uh, 1-0 win at the weekend, so perfect result. I'm good. All good. And Everton won, so that's making him slightly less depressed, which, see what I did there, is always good. It's Matt Driver, the only person I can call my brother, of course. You can, yeah, you certainly can. Yeah, I, I watched Matt the Down Saturday, which was a first for seemingly quite was, a while. You know what? I, I have to say, Matt nice. has gone down in production value. I'm not as keen on the program anymore. It's been a long time since, but, since I've seen it. It wasn't great. Is that what it is? Not the fact that we haven't won a game seemingly in about nine months. Maybe that's feels well. like. Maybe as well. <laughs> and of course, our special guest is back again. Oh man, all the way from the Middle East, we must catch up again. It is Danny Richardson, Rochdale fan. How you doing, Danny? I'm all right, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Um, we always seem to be having a bad season when you get me on, so um, today's no different, really. I mean, I hate to say it, but it is Rochdale. Um, but <laughs> in all seriousness, lads, you, you won at the weekend. It's all looking good, so moving on with Rochdale. Um, I've got 10 points clear, five games to go. Are you safe is the big elephant-sized question in the room. What do you reckon, lads? I'd say about 75% safe, probably. Because anything can happen. Like I, if, if you take the past two, three weeks away, I'd have said, yeah, we, we're still in it. So it's, it's I know it's two wins and one draw and what have you, but I still think... We could we could easily cock it up. Like we've not we've been very inconsistent all season, so it, it could still it could still happen. But I I appreciate it's ten points clear, so it's a slim chance. I think the next two games are, are pretty crucial. Um, I would say that we're probably like I'd agree. Yeah, I think we're probably pretty much safe. But the next two games um, are fairly winnable, especially Stephen is on paper, um, and then we've got. A remaining three, and they're all in the top half. So it's kind of like we've, we've put ourselves in a good position. We've got teams that are beatable coming up. So even if we're not, we've got a good chance of kind of wrapping it up and then sort of expecting not to get anything from the last three. So that's where we are, I'd say. Yeah, I've been looking at your fixtures. You've got uh, Steve Evans, Stevenage, sort of the Arsenal Wenger's Arsenal of League Two, um, coming up, which is always fun in games whenever he's on the touchline. Then Hartlepool home, and then your last three are playoff chases or promotion chases, Exeter, Bristol Rovers, and Newport, which is pretty brutal. Um, how many points, A, do you think you'll need to 
be confident of staying up? And B, you think you're actually going to get out of those final five games? I don't, I'm not particularly sure what the magic number is like for staying up. You know, there's like usually a number where that's the number you're safe usually. I don't know what it is this year. And I, I really have not known what it is for the past two, three years. So um, I still think it's going to be difficult because every time that I look at a team on paper and go, oh, we should be beating them, we never do. Like very rarely. I mean, maybe Scunthorpe a few weeks ago, like, yeah, we beat them. And that was probably, we should have done, you know, one of those. To be but fair, so, Greg, I think been... the four of us could beat Scunthorpe at the moment. <laughs> Probably, but yeah, it, I couldn't. I don't think I'm going to be able to predict any of it, to be honest, because on paper, really, like Stephen and Jack doing particularly well, we should be beating them. But the past few seasons, like teams around us, we've never been able to beat, like um, Wimbledon when we're in League One. Um, I think Shrewsbury might have been a bit of a tough one, or MK Dons, something like that. Historically, we don't do well with teams around us in the past three years, so I can't predict what we're going to get, really. I don't know about Danny. For me, I'd say in terms of a number, I think 50 is generally kind of where you'd want to be. Um, or not. I think are we falling 47 now, so we're not far off that. Um, and then, so then you're looking at perhaps beating Stevenage, but like Greg says, I think our record against the teams around us has never been good, whereas kind of it wouldn't be out of the realms of our sort of reaches to, you know, to scrape a win away at Newport on the last day, for example. Um, we may or may not be safe by then, but I mean, you know, the, the idea of getting points off teams we're not expected to get points from and then um, vice versa against um, teams around us. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I'd expect us to probably beat Stevenage, to be honest with you, and then kind of sort of maybe pick up a couple of bonus wins on the run-in, just kind of where you probably wouldn't expect us to do so, but um, with the pressure off, I guess, and um, a few other things, I think I think we'll probably, I think the season will probably pan out like that. I believe Stevenage are missing their main centre forward for the game against Dale um, coming up, um, which can always be a huge help for you guys, especially when you are now getting more of a solid defence. Because, of course, you beat um, Pete Waterman, Motorway Merchants, Walsall, 1-0 the other day. Um, that's a bit of a deep dive into that. And the three points that has arguably maybe completely saved your season. Um, so how do we feel about the game? Deserved win? Uh, any thoughts on that, lads? Um, we were we were better. We had a lot more energy. Um, I think we were really good, sort of in an attacking sense and quite solid defensively. But Warsaw were pretty dire, to be fair. Um, I, I think I think O'Connell was in the team of the week, and I can't remember him being kind of spectacular. Um, uh, so a lot, a lot of good, kind of more energy up front, a lot more intensity than we've been used to, which is good. Um, Cashman's come back into the side recently, and he's he offers quite a lot of running. Um, he's kind of taken up the Jake Beasley role in a sense. He, he runs his socks off, and um, he's posted a few Twitter, um, uh, a, a few tweets out since you know after games and stuff. Said that he's blowing and stuff, and just like with like you know like the exhausted emojis and stuff. So. Um, yeah, a lot of energy. Um, 
I think we're still a bit... So, and we probably could have scored a few more in the game, to be fair. I think we probably could have scored three or four. We had, we had a, some really, really good chances, especially in the first half. Um, we still tend to drop off. I was complaining that we... we our style seems to be that we'll press for a little bit, but not really, except in these, these recent games. But mostly we'll, we'll, we'll be very defensive, try and be solid, and we, we hoof it long to the forwards quite a lot, um, which you know, it doesn't make for very attractive viewing. Um, and it doesn't work either. Like we, we haven't really got, since Beasley left, we haven't really got the outlet to do that. Um, and it tends to come back, um, and then you, you know it's, they're quite the games are quite turgid. Like, like I say, recently they've had a bit more energy to them, um, perhaps with the influence of Cashman and Charman finding his feet a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good win. I, I don't, I don't think Walsall ever really looked like scoring. I can't remember Lynch having a save to do, but. Um, I still think it wasn't it wasn't perfect, and I think some of our fans were were very very happy with it. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be in that camp. I think I think it was there was elements of kind of our problems this season, i.e., not a real game plan and kind of a lot of hoosh ball and not really any kind of distinct sort of patterns of play. You look at us and you don't really see, apart from us hoofing it with one of the centre backs. Um, to someone up front quite aimlessly most of the time. We don't really seem to have a style of play, so, yeah. I, I agree with all of that pretty much, but it's... it's Basically, Stockdale doesn't usually have, like, a plan B, and he doesn't usually play the... I don't think he's played much of the youth team, if any, so there's always, like, a bit of a... I don't know, he's sort of... That gets called up on Twitter a little bit, and... He's uh, sort of one-dimensional with plans and tactics and things like that a little bit. Um, and I know what Danny's on about in terms of we don't particularly have like a, a sort of style. So like even even under BBM, we had something that was a sort of signature that was sort of trying to play out from the back at least. And then like with Hilly, it was something else and things like that. But I, I don't really know. I still don't really know what we are in as a, you know, as a starting eleven in terms of like if I were to go to the game, I don't know what they would be, what you know tactically they'd be trying to do, like identity wise or things like that. Which like it comes to the end of the season now, and like we still fans are still trying to figure out what what are we? Do you know in terms of we don't play out from the back? What do we do? And obviously Danny's on about hoofing it up to the front, man. Uh, we were doing that to Campbell at one point, I think beginning of the year, but that weren't particularly working. It sort of was working, then it wasn't. But as as as, as you say, that's. It's not really attractive football, but um, I mean, I know like people say he's had this to do. He's only had three weeks to put a squad together and things like that. But by the time in, in like two, three months, that'll be like a year in terms of a full circle. And it, you know, it, it nearly would have been here a year. So like, I don't, I don't know how long you can keep. You know, fans can keep saying that. Do you know, like he only had three weeks because he's had two transfer windows. He'll have another one in June, uh, pre-season, things like that. So you can't always put the excuses up, if that makes sense. You can't always say, oh, he's only had, we've had problems, we've had problems, because those problems, like, in a few months will be, like, a year away and things like that. But I, I can see, you know, it's... And it's like we run about the previous podcast episodes about the quality isn't that great in League 2, but 
some teams are still difficult to break down, even though they don't play football. But maybe that's what it is because they don't play football, they're difficult to break down. I don't know, but I've seen some teams like even when we were playing Scunthorpe, that yes, we would we were trying to get it past them and things like that. But we, we, it took us a while to get that goal. And there's a few teams, there's a few teams in League Two like that. But that's where we are at the moment. Do you not think that when you look at the style of play that um, Robbie Stockdale could be sort of like a Roch Valley Simeone, a Stockione, if you will, um, in that he sort of sets up his teams um, to prepare for the way the opposition play rather than having a set style himself? Like you've, for example, using Atletico Madrid as to, to follow the analogy, you watch them in the La Liga game against, say, Cadiz or Getafe at home, they will play on the front foot, they'll be very attacking. They'll be quite free-flowing, quite attractive, yet when they go and play Man City away in the Champions League, it'll be a very different story because of the nature of the game, because of their opponents. Do you not think that maybe with it being Stockdale's first real foray into full-time management as well, um, and with the limitations he's had for building a squad, do you think sometimes he does his research and his homework on the opponents and goes, right, we'll set up a different style game to game because of who you're playing, or... Do you think it's just because he hasn't quite found a system that works yet with the players he's got? Um, I don't. No, I don't. I, I wouldn't give him that much uh, that much credibility tactically. To be honest with you, um, I think we set up. I think to kind of extend on that, I think we're more like City or Liverpool in that, like, not that we're good, but that we 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 play the same way against everyone. Um, you know, like I don't think he has the flexibility. Um, I mean, at times, like for example, here's an example. We started the season saying we're gonna. He said all preseason we're gonna play four three three, like Mike Bassett, and he was like four three. It'll be four three three. We did the preseason four three three. We we lined up against Harrogate four three three. I think we were two 0 down in like twenty minutes, was it? Something like that. It was similar anyway. Um, but then he was like, uh, okay. Now we're playing three four three, and he's played that for the rest of the season, and he's moved back to this four three three once or twice. Um, but I think it's more to do with injuries. Um, so, like in terms of him finding his feet as a manager and stuff like that. Um, I mean, the squad's his. He's had the, like the two windows, like Greg said. I think he's had. The time and the money from the board. The board have publicly backed him, even when um, a lot of the fans weren't. You know, I mean, I, I think he's had, and also there's a big switch from how BBM played to how Robbie Stockdale likes us to play. So that's coaching. Those those players aren't doing what they used to do on the BBM. They're not dribbling it on the on the byline. They're not. You know they're they're not camped right in the in the six yard box trying to play neat little passes out. They're hoofing it up the field, so they've been coached to do that. They've been sort of they're playing a completely different way. So, I mean, you know the argument about him not having time with the team and kind of the squad not being his and he's not really had a proper window. Well, I mean he he's had quite a lot of money to spend and he's obviously had time to work with the players on the training ground because the. They're playing a completely different style of play, so you, you know you can't have your cake and eat it. If, if he's if he's had time to change the the style of play, he's, he, and 
he, he distinctly has. And I, I think that um, he's also recruited players that fit within that style of play. Um, so again, you know, I mean, he's got a clear way that he wants to play, which for me isn't how he should be approaching um, a football game. But I mean, that's, you know, that's maybe a stylistic preference. Um, in terms of the Atletico Madrid reference, like, we're, we're not, we're not dirty enough for that. Like, we're not, we don't, we, we, you know, we don't commit fouls. Like, we've not had a red card. Like, we've, I think we're like the second lowest yellow cards. Like we don't, we don't get in people's faces much. So, you know, I mean, I was saying that in the recent games, we have been doing things like that. And we do look a little bit more intense um, without the ball and a little bit more aggressive without the ball. But um, in general, that's just not how we play. Like we're, we're prepared to just let the t- other team have it um, and mostly to, to our detriment. It's like um, historically we've had players that get stuck in really, like obviously Gary Jones, uh, Perkins, uh, Jason Kennedy. I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but historically we've always had that sort of our midfielder who just gets stuck in before the defence. And then we've had like now and again, we've had solid defenders years ago, like Wayne Evans and Gareth Griffiths and anyone you can think of. Even Craig Dawson was good enough getting stuck in and things like that. But we don't. We're missing that bite, really, in terms of trying to get the the ball off them. I mean, up until the past few games, possibly. But since Stockdale's been in charge, we've sort of not really had that as much. Like, obviously, the red cards and yellow cards. I mean, you know, you, know, you can put a good tackle in. It doesn't mean you have to get a yellow or a red or anything like that. But I think the commitment, sort of, not going for those sort of tackles. I think that's showing a little bit sometimes. Devil's advocate, then, do you think if you had a bit of the dark arts about you, a bit of S-housery, um, yes, you'd have a few more reds and yellows and suspensions, but do you think you'd have had a better season overall and be higher up the table had it been, had you been a bit dirtier, basically? Yeah, I mean, it's not just, it's not just um, a sort of a fouls thing, is it? It's, um, it's where you set your defensive line, and I think if we just played 10 yards higher up the pitch and we got in people's faces a little bit more. Um, and I think that would help our midfield too because the, the way that he plays is like a um, it's it's a three four three. Um, but the you know the, the two outside in midfield are the wing backs. So it's basically a central midfield of of two. Um, and we we signed a guy called Ball who looked like he had a bit more about him in terms of physicality. But it turns out he's like a goal-scoring midfielder. So he's been kind of deployed a bit further up the field. So we're still crying out for a little bit of kind of bite in there. We've got like a um, Stephen Dooley's played most of the mid, uh, most of the season in midfield. Um, and the other guy is Liam Kelly, which he was about five foot five maybe, at my height. So he's, you know, he, he doesn't have the physicality in midfield either. Absolutely. So I, I, think five five. Would, yeah, I think it would, I, I think it would help our, um, you know, it would help our overall play uh, if we just move 10 yards higher up the pitch. You've got um, Owen O'Connell who can carry the ball a little bit. He's played in midfield before. He played against Messi, don't you know? Like, you know what I mean? If we just if we just had 10 yards high, uh, higher up the pitch and we had, like, a little bit more kind of, I don't know, 
presence in midfield um, and a little bit more intensity in the press, like from our front three. I think we'd, I think we'd win the ball higher up the pitch. I mean, look at look at the game between um, City and Liverpool at the weekend. Like that's all they're doing all game, just like hounding the players at the back. And these are teams that that can play out from the back. Like look at look at Edison. Like you know what I mean? Like that these are teams that can play out from the back, even the goalkeepers. So yeah, it would only take it, it would only take a little bit more pressure and we you know we get our attacking players on the ball. And to be honest, our attacking players are probably like our best players like at, at the moment. Um um as you as you might expect in the team like so it would just make a lot of sense to just be a little bit more um Positive. I think he's he's quite negative as a manager overall, and he, he he's kind of safety first. And I mean, he I think he worked with Allardyce um, in a couple of the clubs that Allardyce managed, and so I think he's taken a lot of his kind of ethos for management from from Allardyce, which you know <laughs> you guys might uh, might be able to resonate with. Yeah, very direct, very data driven. Allardyce, give him his credit, but very direct. Right, lads, so a um, bit of a question on Stockdale then. Presumably, say you do stay up, which we hope and presume you will do now. So, Robbie Stockdale, time to grow or time to go in the summer? What do you reckon? I think he's going to get, I think with, with the backing and with the noises coming out of the board and the fact that we're probably safe, I think he's going to get until it's bad again. Um, bad being bottom half I'd say if he's bottom half by Christmas maybe he might he might lose his job um but then again it's all about money with us you know have we got the money to I think he did he sign a two-year deal so he might be he'd have six months left wouldn't he uh in December um so would we be able to pull the plug on him at, at that stage in terms of the compensation and whatnot I don't know but yeah I, I think most of the fans expect him to to go if the if the next season doesn't we're not in the top half really I think uh, I think we're realistic you know we should be in we should be in the top half of the, the table I, I think I don't think that's sort of arrogant or over ambitious to say that I think we've got players that you know that should be playing in the top half of League Two if not League One um, Owen O'Connell for one that I mentioned before um, Liam Kelly's got the quality to play higher up in the leagues, I would say. Um, potentially, some of the some of the younger players we've got um, also. So, uh, you know, Downing is another one. So I, I think that we've, you know, we've we've got the players. I, th- I think he's he's kind of misusing them, and I think if that carries on, one of the things that he said when he was coming in was we're going to play attacking football, and I just don't think we've seen it enough. Um, I don't know what his idea of attacking football is, but it's not it's not what's happening at the moment. So, you know, maybe like, you know, maybe he will grow, maybe he'll this summer, maybe he'll get some more players in, maybe he'll get this defensive kind of um sort of ball winning midfielder that we've been crying out for and will will be a different force. Maybe he'll play a completely different way. But I think from what I've seen so far, I just don't I just don't see it. He hasn't tried it so far. And, like, you know, what's he waiting for? You know, there's players that he could have played in that defensive role. Jimmy Keoghan could 
do a job as the ball in the midfield. I've been saying that all season. Um, he's been injured for some of it, but when he's been fit, he's played uh, right wing back. Um, I think he can do a job as a as a kind of a ball in the midfielder, but also kind of tactically, like he's still gonna demand a lot of a if you're playing a two man centre midfield, you're still gonna demand a lot of a ball winner to. To, to do everything like a old school box to box midfielder, like you know what I mean, like a, a Roy Keane, a swashbuckling, like those players are few and far between. Do you know what I mean? You don't you don't really get those players these days. So I think the whole formation would have to change. As, and there's you know so far there's no indication that he's he's going to do that. Um, and I, I think he'd be we'd have to have some really 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 good midfielders to to kind of progress up the league um, with a two-man midfield. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, not nearly enough goals, I think, to justify attacking football. Uh, bring back the 5-5 five, five draws the previous season, I say. I think definitely from entertainment value. Maybe not so much from a heart rate value, but from entertainment value. Oh, bring them back. How exciting. What do you reckon, Greg? Oh, I mean... I keep referencing there was a Chelsea game. I think it was four all, and that was that was in the lockdown. There were no fans there. And like me and Shell were watching it, and it was the like I thought I was going to have an heart attack watching it. It was like two really great goals, like one great free kick from Humphreys, and then Quadrabar did a great goal. But then we just conceded another two, and it's just like everything was happening in that game. So I'd rather not rather not have any of that. It's like back. kids' football, basically. Were they all just swimming like around the ball football. like a flock of seagulls, all chasing the ball around yeah. like a bunch of seven year olds? It's like it's like five aside football. It's just nerve wracking some of it. But just just going back to um, Stockdale, I'll, I'll answer quite if I can quickly. But um, we, me and Danny are in a group chat, the uh, Joe Bunny support group, and um, somebody's mentioned at the start of the season for us, uh, the next season, sorry, is thirty uh, for July. So we haven't. We've probably got quite a small window there in terms of setting up for next season because I think uh, last game is the seventh of May. May, June, July, whatever you want to call it. Usually it's back end of August or whatever it is, isn't it? Something like that. So really he's going to have another short like um, time to be able to set things up for next season. You know, but that can't, I hope that's not going to be another excuse. You know, when we get to like October or something where he's going to say, I've had so many weeks to do it again. But I hope that's not going to um, become a thing. Um, yeah, I, I think he's probably going to, like Danny said, he's probably going to get, to like Christmas or something, maybe something like that, because it depends how bad it's going to get, like really. But obviously, I know things have happened off field and things like that. And we've sold like our players have left, like Lund, Humphreys, Rathbone. There's like six of the good players that left. Um, and like, if you look at it, we probably would have done all right with them six that stay, but they were never going to stay, I don't think, really. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say around Christmas, but if, he, if he's if it's not picking up at Christmas, he's probably going to get. The sack, I reckon, but um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I think we're going to see a lot of um, EFL managers 
their um, learning how to um, well build a squad whilst also on the job, really. I think from the looks of it, I think most clubs are going to be the same boat, whereby they're going to be finishing in May, starting again in July, and you've still got till September to build your squad. So I think that's not just going to be a Stockdale or Rochdale thing. I think that's going to be the vast majority of the managers in the AFL will be learning on the job and building their squad as they go. I don't think we're going to see many sides finished on the first game of the season compared to when they are in September. But it remains to be seen for Rochdale and indeed for anybody else in the EFL. Any further notes to add, lads, on our Rochdale chat? Personally, I would love to see you beat Bristol Rovers just to mess Joey Barton's life up. But um, aside from that, any further final thoughts? Uh, we probably haven't seen the best of some of these players that he's brought in, like Charman's not really getting a lot of games. I know, fair enough, he might be picking up uh, minutes now on the odd game, but I think we need to give him a good run of like, if you're going to buy him and you think they're good enough and they're fit enough, you've got to start. We've got to start just just playing them really and giving them a good stretch of like a couple of games, you know, five games, stint, what have you. Like, I don't know why they've kept him charming out for so long, but um, yeah, I just like to see more of charming really. So that's from that's that's pretty much it really. Yeah, I think also he um, he's he's a bit weird like. He doesn't really fancy any of the youth players that are kind of highly touted and highly thought of. Um, so there's a, a lad called Ethan Briley, um, who's you know like he's a baller. You know he's 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 a really really good technically gifted young player, um, and he's not been given a sniff this year. Like he's not been anywhere near. Um, and then there's like he seems to kind of like I don't I, I think. He, I think he panics. I think what I put it down to is it's his first job um, and he gets a bit nervous, you know, that the Harrogate kind of formation switch being being an example. But also with certain players, you know, if, if a player maybe messes up for him, he's gone. Like he, he messed around with the goalkeepers for a little bit. Some managers do, fair enough. But there's been like Cashman went missing for a while was, and now he's all of a sudden he's back. Um, Max Taylor is another one. Like he liked him, and then he didn't like him. Then he liked him for a bit again, and now he's gone again. Um, um, Udu, who's like now back on the scene, came off the bench. Matty Don, who's kind of come back recently too, was nowhere to be seen for a while. Just like Jim McNulty now and again will drop in, but doesn't really feature that heavily. I mean. His is probably an age thing. Um, Sam Graham, a young player, fancied him at the start. Now he's out on loan. Like he, I, I don't know. He, he just kind of like, I think he kind of pulls the trigger on players. He just kind of goes, right, uh, ah, you go. I'm not playing you. And then like you don't see him even on the bench. And then the back, go, oh, okay, you can come back in. All right, you got to get, like, he, you know what I mean? He, he kind of, uh, yeah, I think he panics. I think maybe it's an, an experience thing or, um, but you, you you don't really, and I mean I can't can't remember that kind of being a thing that other managers do where they just like he's out of favour, now he's in favour for so long and then he's back out of favour again like but not even on the bench like completely disappears not in the squad for weeks and weeks and weeks then the, in the starting lineup like he's done that a few times this season um, so yeah yeah bit of a weird though I think as well like a, not like a I don't know, it doesn't strike me as kind of sort of a 
people person, but probably I'm reading too much into kind of snippets of interviews and uh, and kind of my my perception of what he's doing to to players playing okie with certain players. Uh, yeah, I just think it's it's a bit odd. Bit of some of his management just strikes me as a bit odd. So like I had a, like I had a, a weird thought. He's a bit like a traffic, you know, like lollipop man or something. Like, wait, you you have to stay there. You're not coming, and then like you're not you're not playing. Sort of. Don't know. It's, there's no logic sometimes to what he's doing, and like I probably argue. Kenny I, from Phoenix I don't Knights. think. Yeah, pretty much. Does he know he, Jackie yeah, Chan from Phoenix Knights? He, he might know Jackie Chan. He's got some paint for him. But um, it's like there's probably an argument that he he I don't he probably doesn't know his best eleven still. Probably probably. Like if you said to him, like everyone's fit, who you're playing, I think it'd take him a bit to figure out his best eleven. Like I, I, to this day, like you know, so I think that's that's something that probably doesn't get mentioned enough because it's probably true if Danny's saying like players are coming in and in and out for no particular reason. When we think, why aren't we? Why aren't we? Um, you know, chancing Cashman coming on and things like that because he's been, you know, he's shown a glimmer of what he can do against Tramir at home and things like that. We we know what the players can do. So there's no real like logic to why they're in and out like the okie sometimes, but yeah, I don't think he knows his best eleven. <laughs> so yeah, I personally would like to see a lot more of Charman, certainly right up front, so they could say that there's a Charman playing number nine. There's a David Berry song in there somewhere, and also um, you could point him out and go, uh, "That's Charman there, Pokemon." Like Char- Charman, yeah, Charman. Right, okay. Anyway, just about got it then, Jimmy. That note. Wow. Wow. Niche league two references. In it. Please subscribe. Um, right, Matt. On the previous pod, I said I don't see where the next win's coming from. We've had two whole wins. I mean, we've had about five defeats, I think, but we've had two whole wins. Uh, uh, I can't quite believe it. I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, Are we staying up? Are we going to win the league next year? I'm not sure which league. We're going to win it though. Well, just saying Leicester finished 17th and won the league the next year. It, it, stranger things have happened. I think Leicester finished 14th. Okay, Leicester finished near the bottom of the table and won the league next season. Give me it. All right, it's near enough. Um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of strange. I mean, th- I can't remember. The last game before we did the last part, was it? So we haven't covered the Newcastle game because that's a podcast in itself. Um, it I think, I think uh, that'll be a retrospective at the end of the season, whether we stay up or go down. I think the Newcastle game, not least the man um, chaining himself with a plastic cable tied to the goalpost um, and our Amazon stream going down just as Alan got sent off. Uh, I, yeah, there's so many things we can talk about that. Well, I think we'll leave that for another pod in fairness because we've only got so long. Um, let's scooch forward then to the Man United result, which even in a week when we win, we still managed to lose. Um, Burnley was Burnley. He at half-time switched it off, 2-1 up, thinking, eh, still lose. We were right. Um, Matt, we did what everyone does and beat Man United. Thoughts? We did. Um, it was a, a scrappy game of football. It was a proper Everton at home up against it knowing they had to get a result and fair play to them they battled for it and they, they deserved the win um, I always love seeing Anthony Gordon score the guy's just it's, it, the fact that he is carrying our season is kind of sad but at the same time for a local lad to come in and to be the major focal point in the season is exceptional for him and he's a great footballer and he, and he got you know, a bit of luck with the goal but 
we've kind of been due a bit of luck for certain aspects of uh, some of the football recently. The City game in particular um, sums that one up. But it was a good result. Um, it means nothing unless you can carry it on, as you know the Burnley game has proven. We have got Leicester a week tomorrow, I think it is, um, and we you know win that, and the results go away at the weekend. If if um, if Burnley lose, I can't remember if they're playing at the weekend. Um, you know, you're seven points clear, and that's a huge, huge gap that even Everton would I say struggle to mess up. We would, we could either way, but it puts you in such a strong position compared to where we were, you know, three weeks ago. Well, I think it shows with um, Leeds, for example, and maybe I'll argue Brentford as well, who've still got to play. A couple of wins fire you right away, even though positionally they're not that far above us. Points-wise, they are, as Roy Hodgson pointed out, in a different sort of ballpark now um, to the side, the bottom four, I'd argue. Um, and Anthony Gordon, I think it's always great to see a player scoring for Everton that, uh, if he wasn't playing for Everton, would be stumbling at the hot walk at three o'clock in the morning. Um, fantastic. You know, see a local lad do what he does. Um, that is actually our second win in the last four home league games against Man United, which shows that we've actually got a half-decent record. And since 2019, we've had four draws in our eight games in all home away or competitions. So our record against United, weirdly. I mean, this might be United. It's actually, actually pretty good. It's not bad, is it? You know, United are probably not the best ever at the moment. But when you factor in, both clubs basically are massive overspending basket cases. We are basically microcosms of one another to the point where if we were a Man United podcast, we could say the exact same as we do about Everton. It's, it's... Just be the men in red. We might as well do the men in red podcast and just literally copy it over and then just put it out there as a Man U podcast. I would much yeah, rather there's, there's not a lot of similarities. United podcast, but there you go, go on. Yeah, a lot of similarities between the two squads. I mean, it, that game epitomised that everything that Everton should be in the fact that we're not going to be the most technically gifted side in the world. It's not going to be pretty football, but it will be a battling results. And it epitomises everything that's kind of wrong with the United, which is just, they're just a poor side. I kind of, I don't feel for United fans because that's they've had you know their fair share of success, obviously, over the last 25, 30 years. But to see a side drop kind of so dramatically, I mean, there was an amazing stat I read about um, that the last 4-0 game we beat them, which was, what, 2018, I think it was? Um, we beat them at Goodison, I think it was 4-0. Um, Ollie Solskjaer, after the game, came out and said, um, I think he said something on the lines of, I will be successful here, but some of these players, they won't be here next season. And I think there was eight out of the 11 started at the weekend were played in that game. Which, if anything, epitomises how bad Man U have been in terms of recruitment, in terms of general squad quality. That The likes of Lindelof's, the Massage, the Fred, those players still get a game because they just can't buy and just won't improve. Um, and it, the rumours today that uh, Ten Hag's been all but approved or all been announced as coming to the squad, uh, coming to the, to the team, whether that'll even prove them or not. Goes to see. I think they're just in that the period that Liverpool were in for for so many years. Just we had peaks and troughs of football, and they're definitely in their trough at the moment. Um, but no, I was pleased. It was it was a, a stressful. I, I didn't watch it, but kind of knowing we were one 0 up and knowing that at any point they've got Ronaldo, even at thirty seven, um, which we will get onto in a second. Ronaldo, you naughty little boy, um, was stressful. Was was stressful, but you know what. If anything is going to keep us up, it's going to be that home form. It's going to be um, we've got Leeds at home, we've got Brentford at home. Um, I can't remember if we got 
Leicester's of another Palace, one. Not Leeds. Palace, another one. No, sorry, Palace, not Leeds. Ignore me. Um, but there's home games there, Chelsea. which are definitely winnable. Chelsea again, um, they're currently winning in Madrid one 0 But you know, if their mind is going on the on to uh, the top four race, or if it's on the Champions League stuff, you don't know. Good as anything can happen. Um, away from home, don't see us getting a point. Ella, the derby is in two weeks. It's going to be hilarious. The only thing he does um, away from home is Viagra. Let's be honest. That's pretty spot on. We away from home. I mean, the Burnley game was frustrating for so many reasons. The main reason it was frustrating is in that second half, we had chances. We had so hit the post twice. And you just think, stick some of those chances away. And you're 3-4-1 up and the game is yours to win. And that, if let's say if results had also gone away at the weekend, seven points clear in a week. That's a huge, huge turnaround. But that's Everson for you. It's, it's going to go down to, I reckon, the second to last, if not the last game of the season. Um, and hopefully we do enough to stay up. But, I'll wait and see at the moment with Everton. Who knows? So the minor point here is that Everton are Jacqueline Hyde and actually won a game. The biggest talking point, though, however, and lads, you can come in on this one, is autograph hunters of the world uh, hold up your big sign, wanting shirts and what have you. If you want to find Cristiano Ronaldo, don't go to Carrington. Go to the nearest car phone warehouse near you. He is more likely to be there. Um, thoughts on whatever the hell that was at the end of the game on, on Saturday? I'd like... Eh? What? Why? And, um... Yeah. Ronaldo broke some kid's phone. I've seen another video of that, but I don't know if it's fake or not. I need to send somebody, well, all of you, the video on Twitter of the kid, like, shouting at Ronaldo, like, you fucking shit, and things like that. But I don't know if it's real, because it's from a different perspective. The camera's, like, further to the left. It's like a camera phone, and this kid who's got the phone is like hurling abuse at him. But I don't know if it's real. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send sounds you. Sounds like an advent. But fan. I mean, it's yeah. it's a strange situation because even if the kid is shouting at all sorts, it's Ronaldo knows better. He's not daft. You know, the guys are, you know, one of the best football, footballers in the world, and he knows that anything he does is filmed by cameras, filmed by phones, whatever else. Yeah, there might have been a bit of abuse knocking about, but he's not daft. But, you know, he's frustrated because he's gone back to Man U to try and get him to lead titles, try and get him to you know, even just the top four. Um, and they're stuck in, what are they, seventh, sixth or seventh? I've got what they are, in a pretty floundering side that he can't do anything to affect it. He, you know, the side around him is that bad that he can't, he's tried as much to drag him out of the Champions League group stages. And that's as far as they've really got. So far, they are seventh. I thought they were seventh. We um, could have Cristiano Ronaldo I mean, in the Europa Conference League next year, which would be which I, I have to see. I mean, it's a trophy he hasn't won. And yeah, um, it's, it's the final one of his collection. Well, you should be buzzing I'd for it. Go out on a high note. Um, it's. I mean, if you read some of the stuff, the mom of this kid is take is absolutely rinsing him, and I it's I find it hilarious. The funniest bit is he announced or he put a post up the knee apologising to the kid. Is she a compound face, Karen? Oh, big time! Yeah, absolutely. Compo, compo face, face. I'm all so many scouts for as a compo face Karen. Go for really. it! Yeah, kids getting new iPhones, new MacBooks out of it. He's getting all sorts. The funniest bit is uh, he said he goes, um, "I want to invite the guy to a game at Old Trafford." And I, God, I thought the poor kid's been through enough. You can't have come to Old Trafford to watch a man new. He's already had his phone broken. Uh, but yeah, she's saying that he's been he feels abused and he's been a bruised hand, and you're like. Been hitting that hard, but I get your point. I mean, yeah. take it yeah, to, to be rinse fair, though, Matt, to be fair, though, Matt, which Evertonian worth their salt would get a free ticket to Old Trafford to watch Man United? 
I've I've no idea. No mm. one in their right mind would do that. I would never do that. Mm. I did not go to the Aston Villa Cup tie. I don't know what you're insinuating. Mm. It was a free ticket. Leave me alone. You go. Don't even tell me you wouldn't go for a free Can't ticket. Face current. I've, I've got a bit of a question for you. Um, has there got to be some sort of credit to uh, Frank Lampard for this victory, or he's been obviously in a bit of a, a, a sticky, bit of stress, you know? Bottom four, what have you, relegation battle? Is there any um, anything to Lampard there, do you reckon? See what he did what there. I will Sticky, say, toffees, nice one. Carry on. Nice. Uh, what I will say is a great response because Sean Dyche in the week said, apparently came out and said at half-time that uh, Everton doesn't know how to win a game of football. And there's two at least ways we think that. we know that's what he said because no one can actually understand well, Sean Dyche. So, I mean, he could have said anything. It was a bit grisly, but either, either way. Um, it was a good response. He sets us up pretty well. Um, I never thought I would say this, but Fabian Delph was our best player, which was beyond belief. Um, and I will have to say as well, Alex Awobi under Lampard is a different player entirely. That guy ran his socks off in that game. Um, and that is down to likes of Frank Lampard. Um, what I like about Lampard is he's kind of saying the right things, It's it's which I know is very easy to do, but he's saying things, for example, I don't care if the football's not pretty at the moment. It's just about getting what you can. And then if in the, you know if we stay up, then it gives him a summer to really stamp his authority on the side, however well that goes. Um, there's a lot of work to do. This is, you know, very not even the start, really. We haven't really started changing the squad. Um, there's a lot to do, but he's done the right thing so far. Just the away from home thing has got to change, but that, I think, is more down to the players. I don't think it's really necessarily on him. I think he set us up pretty well away from home. So when the players, when the adversity is against them, they crumble. Uh, the Burnley game is a prime example of that. When that second goal went in for Burnley on Wednesday, I knew they were going to go win that game. There was no way the Everton team is strong enough to take that and go on and win a game after being, um, you know, pegged back. But who knows? We'll wait and see. But yeah, Lampard, I think, deserves a bit of credit, a lot of credit for what he's done in the past few weeks. So basically, what we need to push down. Sorry, I haven't seen um, Everton under Lampard apart from that. That United game is is kind of like, and I thought they were really, really good out of possession. Um, sort of how Lampard Chelsea were playing when he first got there. Um, obviously, that tailed off towards the end, but I thought that like there was one thing, you know, they had Mason Mount and um, Tammy Abraham, and they were they were like they were so good at with, without the ball, um, getting a lot of plaudits. Is that how they've been playing under him because he wouldn't strike me as kind of the manager, like, you know, like for a relegation battle, which you're obviously in, he's kind of not that sort of attritional kind of manager. So, and he's, you know, if we're, we're talking about the style of play before, when we're talking about Rochelle, like he's got to kind of implement a whole style of play whilst also getting the wins that you might not get when you're in that transition phase when you're moving from one style of play to another. So, um, that I mean, that pressing style is 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 gonna well, it's gonna beat Man United because most most styles do beat Man United. But I mean, it, it it's kind of it like that. What uh, Matt was touching on there, like it's kind of how far he goes in implementing the work that he probably wants to do with the whole squad, I think he alluded to himself. 
or does he just kind of like try and get in people's faces um, and kind of do what he can in terms of the, the, the style of play for the rest of the season? So how have they been, like, is is that sort of how they've been playing since he came in or is, is that kind of a much improved performance in terms of kind of the, the, the work rate and the aggression and the intensity? Yeah, I think the difference off the ball from the midfield forward, if you look for likes of a Wobi, um, arguably Decore, Richarlison, you know, who these we've got a lot of players, unfortunately, that aren't battle-hardened for a relegation battle because they weren't bought for a relegation battle. They weren't developed for a relegation battle. They were developed a challenge for Europe. But because we are where we are, undeniably, um, they've had to adapt mentally to that as well. And with Rafa, I, you know, look, he was dealt with the hand he was dealt with with some of the players and the finances, but the effort off the ball wasn't the same. The defence is still the defence. The defence is an absolute shit show. No matter, you could have Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, and Thomas Tuchel in charge of our back four, three, five, whatever, and it'd still be an absolute disaster. But I think from the midfield forward, off the ball, the work rate has definitely improved. Um, and I do think as well, I think Lampard's won five to seven good games of Goodison, which is a very sort of, um, I can't think of the word now, but sort of a slightly deceptive stat because obviously we've played the likes of Ball and Wood at home. So, you know, but I think the, having the fans there does give those players a boost to work harder off the ball. Whereas you saw in away games like West Ham, like Burnley, where if they're a yard or two off the opposing midfield, we get overrun. And then all of a sudden, you know, all you've got to do is get past John Joe Kenny, which to be fair, I think I could do hung over with one broken foot and that you're bound to score. So it's basically we need to keep the ball away from the defence because they can't defend. Um, I know it sounds simplistic, but truthfully, they are a disaster. Um, I Yeah, I do think the actual attritional nature of the midfield has um, has improved massively, certainly at Goodison since um, Lampard's come in. The difference there as well is... You know, Delph is a good example of that kind of player. He hadn't, physically hasn't played for God knows how long, but he came in and did exactly what you want that midfield to do. It's where they won the game on the weekend, um, and it's where they've lost a lot of games as well. It's the midfield's just been overrun. Um, he's tried to play three at the back. We don't suit three at the back, especially when you've got three centre-halves who have all gone and mistaken them at some point. You know, limit the amounts of centre-backs you can have to just two at the very least. But saying that, Michael Caine and Ben Godfrey were brilliant on Saturday. Um, and you've got to give credit where credit's due. Um, and it can't be easy to be under that amount of pressure and to basically be worried every time you go onto a football pitch, you're going to make a big mistake. And we've had, some, you know, Godfrey against Burnley made a mistake. Michael Keane has had countless, it feels like, this season. Um, why in the in January they didn't look to get themselves an experienced centre-half, I will never know. Not someone who has to be, you know, big money, could have just been on loan. Someone who could just go into that back four and just calm the entire thing down and just go, right, guys, we're fine. It's all good. Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson, prime example. Could be, could be challenging for top six if Craig Dawson could be in January. But, yeah, it's it's been a, a definite increase in the intensity. Underbeneath says it was it was slow, turgid football, but that's how he chose to set up. That's very much his style of, of, uh, of play. Um, but that never really was going to last a good some just because it was bloody boring. Even when you won, it wasn't particularly. It wasn't many times to be exact. But even when we did, it wasn't particularly brilliant football. You didn't walk out going, "Oh, you know, I'm really excited for the season." Even the early games we won, 
uh, at the start of the season. They were all under caveats of it, we won, but there were some issues that really need ironing out. Um, and Benitez, I mean, we've just talked about this before, he was never going to last. And Lampard, the most important thing he's done, he's got the fans on side, um, which any manager for Everson has to do. The minute you lose those fans, you are gone out of a job. Right then, gents, unless there's any more comments on that, I think that will wrap up today's episode of the Men in Blue podcast. Um, any further comments on Rochdale or Everton as of recently at all before we go? I've got one for you. Um, before the Euros last year, we were on about, should we take Craig Dawson? Uh, would you take him to the World Cup? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, why not, Matt? Why not? Because there are so many better sets of halves you play for England. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, I are know. we talking about as a mascot or like no? Like Beckham, just take no, him on the bus. You don't have to play him. <laughs> you can be the bus driver. No, but to be fair, he's got a good claim. <laughs> he's got a good claim. But then I think the way Southgate wants to play and with he's, he's just claim. he's, he's just missed the cut. I think now in terms of where he is in his career in that, um, it's, he may well end up being the squad for the World Cup. Yet we don't know, but. I think there's there's younger and there's more established English centre halves and also Harry Maguire coming through or just somehow blagging their way into the squad. But I would take Don't Dawson. You Jason Harry Maguire. Hey, did, oh, by the way, oh, Harry my Maguire last point about the Everton game. Match winner. I'm gonna say, did anyone see Harry Maguire claiming for a handball against his own player? Yes. Beautiful. Anything that sums up Harry Maguire's season to that moment. Yeah, even, I was confused watching it, trying to figure out what he was claiming, and then I realised like what I was watching. If you get me, it's like, like it what, beautiful, what's beautiful he claiming? Stuff. I was confused watching it. It's like, oh, yeah, weird. Right, and on that note, um, I think there'll be no more claiming for any more of our own handballs. I, that doesn't make any sense. Um, Danny, thank you so much for joining us today, mate, and we appreciate your three hours ahead. Um, so, quick question: What's it like in the future, and what are the results for tonight so we can put bets on? <laughs> um, we both stay up, mate, so uh, all good. Yeah, so you can relax. We learn that in the next three hours. Fantastic! The pod's gonna be obsolete in no time. I was gonna time. say, like, how far in the future is Danny? I'd like, like <laughs> back to the future. Yeah. Great Scott, Danny. Great Scott. <laughs> what what are the fixtures like for next season, Danny? What have we got next? Awful. <laughs> we lose them all. Ah, shit. Uh, I bet on that, I know I did see somebody um, on the League One banter page, which somehow I'm still a member of, um, predict their club's fixtures for next season. It's like, mate, one, you've got too much time on your hands. Two, how do you know who's going up and going down? I, yeah. So somebody clearly has got nothing better than predict his own team's fixtures. All 46 of them. I mean, I mean, the only person who could get that right is like Doctor Strange in Marvel when he can predict every outcome and things like that. So, yeah. Maybe he's got a sports almanac. Who knows? Going up to the year 2050. Great Scott. Great Scott. Anyway, on that most wonderful note, um, thank you very much, Danny, for joining us. Um, Any socials you want to plug for yourself? Anywhere we can find you on the social medias? Uh, you don't want to hear what I'm saying. You've had enough of me. But, um... Oh, we do. <laughs> nice one, mate. And um, thank you, Greg and Matt, for your contributions today. They are always as greatly appreciated. And we will see you for episode 22 very, very shortly. Bye for now. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.